calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels, and as I mentioned last week, we've got some new fans, so I want to make sure they have a chance to catch up on Devin's Demons. We re-released part one last week, and so now we're going to listen to part two of Devin's Demons. Don't fret, we do have some new bonus content coming out for you soon. Joshua is working on a new bonus series featuring urban legends. So I don't know about you, but Joshua did such a great job with the cryptic countdown. I can't wait to hear what he puts together for his urban legend list. But for now, on to part two of Devin's Demons. Well, okay, so you you said with with this hand thing, you were hesitant to tell the story, but you said because of how it ended, you felt like it was okay. Can you kind of get into? Oh yeah, well it's a, it's a bit of a long story because it, okay. it actually goes on past this point. I keep I get distracted. There's like different chapters, honestly. Yeah, and because it continues throughout different points in my life. That's the first time I saw it. But that's also, it, that's not where it ended its attack on me at all. That's just where it stopped using that particular tactic. And the mm. good thing, the good thing about that is that's where I learned uh, the most important thing when it comes to dealing with things that are hostile, like paranormal things that are hostile, is don't give them the time of day. Mm. Like, don't get scared. They want you to get scared. Basically, the unifying thing to like uh, hostile entities or demons is that they feed off of you in a way. A lot of times it'll start small. It'll be like, you'll be in your house and you'll like something like a candle will fall off your, your cabinet in the other room. There's no reason to be alarmed, but like you're, you'll go like, that's weird. Like it was all the way inside of the cabinet. Now mm -hmm. it's all the way across the room. How could that have happened? And then it kind of feeds off of that interest in yours and it starts to do more things like it'll take stuff away or mm. like you'll hear a voice in the other room but it starts off very small and basically if you pay enough attention to it especially if you get scared it gets bigger and it gets more violent and it gets closer to you and it gets more ability to actually like influence you mm. because what a lot of people say and like the whole demonic possession thing like there's well there's a couple things to talk about there's 
thousands of years worth of tradition when it comes to like demonic possession in all other cultures and then there's just like the things that people have experienced like so many people have had the same experience i had where like something is getting closer and closer and it's feeding off the energy you're giving to it and it's able to do more stuff to you like go into your dreams or like give you certain kinds of thoughts and stuff like that like um there's this one story about this one house that was possessed and it had convinced the family that it was this little ghost girl and um like this is this particular story and many other stories where like people all of a sudden can't stop compulsively thinking about killing their significant other yeah. or everyone in the house. You know what I mean? Like, and I think, you know, a lot of it, mental illness, a lot of it is like people being like having abusive, abusive personality disorders and they don't know how to deal with their emotions and they want to take it on in someone else. But then there are those stories that you really can't discount of like things getting worse for people after some paranormal thing has like latched on to them and has been victimizing them for a long time hmm. and there's been like all anecdotal but like when you start talking to people about this kind of stuff in particular you find more and more that it started with other stuff like weird things that they would see or um you know scratch marks even like but it always, it's always the same pattern, starting off small, opening all the cabinets until you start to get freaked out. And then it's like throwing stuff at you in your room. And then something, someone's talking next to you, or then something starts to like a mist starts to form in the same room with you, or it chokes you in your sleep, or you have the same dream that someone's pursuing you over and over again. Like it gets worse and worse until it can, you know, presumably possess you. Wow. Yeah. Well. So how did this demon kind of change up its uh, tactics? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Keep going down these, all these other <laughs> no, avenues. No, it's totally fine. Um, what happened after that is that um, I started having recurring nightmares again. Mm -hmm. um, and Now, do you think there's something uh, like spiritually significant about a recurring nightmare is that like I, I sometimes people talk about dreams as if it's like kind of a window to like another reality or another dimension or something are you kind of a subscriber to that? I think sometimes. Yeah. I think there are different kinds of dreams. I think the vast majority of your dreams are just going to be your brain processing the inf random information uh -huh. that you've had uh, in the day. Yeah. Uh, and just because that's what they think dreams are. It's just organizing the information you've taken. Right. Kind of like taking things from the short-term memory and putting them into the long-term memory. Hmm. That being said, I do believe that there is a thinness in dreams. Like there is more things can pervade and come through from the other side yeah. in certain dreams. But like, it's the difference between like, Oh, I had a dream where I was eating a tomato sandwich and then Bill Clinton knocked in and he's like, tomato sandwiches are illegal. And then I woke up Should in be. social studies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's the point? That's not a sandwich. <laughs> it's just a salad. Just a tea. <laughs> that is a weird kind of sandwich you would eat in a just dream. A tea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then there's like, you know, uh, oh yeah, the skies opened up and then, you know, uh, someone came down and told me something incredibly wise that applies to my life. Like, yeah. there's a difference. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I lost a loved one and then saw them in a dream. And yeah. it's weird not knowing if that was just 
the way that my brain was like, this is how we're going to deal with this. I'm going to give you closure on this. Or if it was actually some kind of entity entering a dream. And either way, it was a nice moment to share. So I don't Mm, really have to figure it out. But even that, like in my mind, like I'm also open to the fact that like I could be insane and that these could be like just chemical imbalances Mm -hmm. I've experienced. But in my mind, like I have a way that I've experienced my life and that I've seen my life and like I've seen what's true to me. And I have to know that like it could not be true, but in so many ways, like anything like you're, you're, to me, like I've had those experiences, like my grandpa recently, I lost him. And then I've had, I had several dreams where he was telling me things that like he wanted to say, he was like right. a very taciturn person, very unexpressive. And in all the dreams, he was very like open and happy and smiling a lot and very communicative. Yeah. Like, and it was almost as if like, it's the way he wanted to be more of in a way. And to me, like, I, I like to see it both ways. Like I like to see it as my brain giving me closure, but at the same time, like that's almost just as comforting as him actually right. being there. Like, yeah. cause in the same way, my brain's trying to give me that connection. And you're getting the experience either way. Exactly. So, so yeah. I do personally, because I've had so many of those experiences, most of me believes that it is actually our loved ones coming through. Mm-hmm. But I do like to, just to keep myself from being too dogmatic in when anyway, also believe that it could just be like you said your brain trying to give you that closure but with the recurring Mm -hmm. dream when i say it changed its attack it stopped i felt like it started attacking me more emotionally because the dreams it would give me were always like um attack like self-attack you know what i mean It it started when i was around my teens so i was very vulnerable i was going through like a lot of changes and this is something that like these like around that time and continuing out like to this day like i it got very dark for me in my teens and then later in my 20s i tried to commit suicide a lot and that kind of ties into the story also that's why Mm -hmm. i bring it up um and it became like a real issue for me like i was bulimic there was a lot of like self-harm like very dark years um and what started happening is i genuinely believe that a big part of it is because this same entity was still trying to it it stopped trying to possess me and was now just trying to get me to kill myself Hmm. because the dreams i started having were always always there it was always like people hating me um, me ruining things me just like being some kind of poison that pervades and then this recurring dream that i started having where i had like little bits at a time what would happen in that dream is that I would be in my parents' room. I'd be, sometimes I would sleep in there because like we had one air conditioning and it's like, you know, it would get really, really hot or whatever. What would happen is often I'd be sleeping in the same spot that I was having the dream in. But what happened is I was in my parents' room and the entire rest of my social studies class was there. So the first part of the dream starts off really normal, but then it like takes a twist. So the social studies class was there and my teacher was sitting at the head of my parents' bed and he was just teaching the class and they were all just either standing, sitting on the floor or on leaning against the wall like it was normal or something like that. But then, like I said, because there was my bedroom in the hallway, I would see something run up the stairs and into my bedroom and just kind of in the corner of my eye. But 
you know how sometimes characters and dreams know what you're thinking or what yeah. you've seen immediately. And this, it's significant to me, this part, because my social studies teacher at the time was very uh, understanding of me. Like I was in the resource room when I was a kid. Like um, a lot of teachers like treated me very poorly. They like kind of looked down on me because I was like learning disabled. I just, I wasn't like dumb, mm. but like I had trouble. And mm. like a lot of teachers, especially back then would kind of blame you for that. Um, he kind of took exception to me. Like he liked my writing and he like treated me very well. Mm -hmm. So like I looked up to him very much. And a lot of times because of my experience with him, I would have dreams about him where he would play kind of like a wise or protective figure. And I do think that certain positive spiritual positive spiritual entities like ones that are like you might people might call them angels people might call them spirit guides people might call them whatever you know what i mean like like uh even socrates had a spirit that he would talk to um and he oh really yeah yeah huh. he said he was like yeah he was like i'm not sure if it's actually here or i imagine it but it gives me good discourse and people would be like, like it was part of like why they had him drink poison and stuff he's like you think you're a god and you can talk to the gods i was like this is and he was like this isn't a god this is just diomenes or whatever he called it wow it's wow. very interesting huh um but i think sometimes if you have this same dream about someone who's like protective or guides you in a way um it's one of those spirit guides taking a familiar form like this is what in your mind is closest to what i am so i'm going to appear to you as that but i saw the thing run up and then my social studies teacher looked at me and he's like devin don't look don't look at it um but in the dream i remember that it, that was kind of happening as i was turning to look and then as i looked it's it was weird because i was remembering what was happening is in the dream as it was happening so what i saw is i saw another version of me running into my bedroom and um hanging down from the ceiling were all these chains like with hooks in them mm. uh, and that's all i saw he just ran into the bedroom but i knew it was going to happen so i immediately was terrified and in the dream i started crying and i just uh, went down on the floor and covered my face and i was sobbing until i heard like a gunshot and then i felt uh liquid splatter on the back of my legs and I knew in my head, because I had had the dream, that what had happened is that the other version of me went into my bedroom and shot himself. Mm -hmm. um, and I was distraught over it, the version of me that was having the dream, uh, until something came up from behind me and grabbed me by the back of my neck and my shirt and lifted me up and then turned me around. And it was another me, like a third me but this one was like very angry and started like hitting me in the face and it could like lift me above its head and hit me in the face and like i remember the dream vividly because like i was lifted up and i could see the angry me below me and i could see my blood dripping on its face and then teeth mm -hmm. and then i couldn't see out of one eye and yeah. then i couldn't see out of the other eye and it basically felt myself die and i had that dream many times wow, wow. yeah Oh man. Um, and then like weird stuff would happen, like where I would uh, just wake up in weird places. You know what I mean? Did you think you were sleepwalking, or do you think something was maybe guiding you in, while you were sleepwalking? Or something? Yeah, I do. I bring up like 
this entity's plan of attack. Um, because I think in, you know, maybe it was just sleepwalking. Like I have, I'm very, I'm a very active sleepwalker, but I would wake up in weird or dangerous places. Yeah. Like, you know, like, uh, just, uh, like I remember one time I was stuck under the bed and it was like a really tight bed and I was like, I could barely breathe. Um, and then, you know, several times I'd be like outside or Mm -hmm. like by the road or something like that. Um, But anyway, like that could just also be me. Like that's a condition that people have. This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your Wild Grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. But yeah, and that continued for a long time. Oh, we figured out at one point what we thought had happened. And we found out that like, we knew that the person who lived there before us had died. But what we found out from our neighbor who was in a relationship with the person who had discovered them uh-huh. um, is that they had gone in uh, and something horrible had happened and they never really wanted to talk about it. But the only thing that we could understand is that there was like a lot of blood um, and that there was like police involvement for a very long time mm. that they were looking into it. So it was very strange. But the people that came in that helped me, helped us actually like sever the connection between me and this thing. They said that they're some kind of 
black magic altar was set up there. And my personal pet theory, and we have very little information, is that the lady who had lived there before us was doing some kind of magic and gotten involved with something that had gotten attached to the house and would and started victimizing our family after we moved in. Wow. How did they sever the connection? He, This guy did basically like medicine man, shamanic uh-huh. Uh, techniques and stuff. Do you like, like that. burn sage or? No, it was a lot more complicated. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like came up from Peru. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he was like a family friend of one of my mom's friends. And, you know, he was basically able to, uh, like, I'm not sure what he did because he didn't speak English, mm-hmm. but he had. A lot of he like brought feathers and he brought rocks and he did like a lot of stuff and basically from that point on uh we never experienced that same thing in the house again well yeah wow how old were you at that time my way too uh teens 13 14 because uh like i think the last time i had experiences with this particular thing uh the green hand and such it was because of that it's because like i faced up to it on my own a bit and then someone was able to come in and actually like extract the connection um but that's the thing that i've seen like i remember this one youtuber that does kind of a paranormal i wish i wish i had looked her up because pewdiepie no it wasn't pewdiepie (laughs) it was some blonde lady (laughs) But she saw a hand too, and she made a video about it one time. And it was, she said it was like, it looked like a green, decrepit hand, and it come out from underneath her bed. And then several other uh, blog sites, um, people describe like a hand coming out from their bed and stuff like that. So some of these things, like one of my personal theories, is that these things, you know, they're not really connected to a place or a time. Mm -hmm. um, And that, like, they get more powerful by affecting more people. So, like, I do feel like this same thing, like, has gone after many people. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's interesting. When you moved to this house, did you live in this house for, for I guess, how many years? A long time. Um, yeah. I guess I was about five. So let's say that's like 1995. And I lived in that house. I was going to college. Uh-huh. So I was there for quite a while. So after after that happened in your teens, did anything strange or supernatural ever occur again in, in the house? Yeah. Um, but less, less hostile. Right. You know what I mean? Um, like at one point, cause my mom ended up knowing a lot of people, uh, our dog stopped going in the hallway, just would refuse to go in the hallway. He would Mm. just stop in the living room and then just bark and bark and Mm. bark. And he started doing this out of nowhere. So my mom consulted one of these, uh, people who was able to do, and that's the thing is like, there's people who do cold reads and then there's people who just come in and they know, Yeah, you know what I mean? And they're able to tell you what you've been experiencing and they're able to tell you why have a true connection exactly like you don't have to tell them anything right they just start telling you what's been going on in your own house and you're like whoa how do you know that he's like i can see it right um uh so one of those people was like oh there's an old lady in the hallway she saw Devin walking home and liked him so followed him and your dog bingo is very afraid of the lady doesn't want to go past her uh so she asked this lady to go and then the dog was using the hallway again the day the same day 
That's so strange. Yeah. That's super weird. Pet oh, things man. are always really interesting because mm-hmm. yeah. I know sometimes uh, when my dog was younger, she's a little older now, but she would just stare at something, just like walk over and just like stare at something and then bark and bark and bark. And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to just watch TV. Exactly. And pretend like that's not happening. But that's exactly there. what I'm talking about. You call yourself spiritually agnostic. Yeah. That's the exact kind of thing that people like who are like, I've never seen anything. I've never experienced anything. That's the exact kind of thing that they start remembering once they have actually like right. okay i cannot explain this anymore yeah. and then they go back through their memories and they're like oh yeah there was that thing i ignored yeah. oh yeah there was there was that basement i refused to go in yeah it's interesting we've had several people on the podcast and um for the majority the people that have come on and told their stories they're always put the caveat in of well but i don't know if that really even happened mm. i don't know if i really even remember it that way or you know myself included with my stories and it just always makes me wonder, is that like a self-preservation exactly. tool? Exactly. Yeah. You know? It's that socialized thing. Yeah. Like you don't want people to think you're stupid or look down on you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally don't have a human amount of shame. So I talk about these things very confidently. I know it makes me seem crazy. It probably even makes me seem stupid, but like it's happened to me enough. I've talked to people where I know it's happened to them too. A lot of times it's little stuff like that, but a lot of times it's not little stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's big stuff like you know this person seeing the same headless corpse walking around their garage over and over again that's one i made up off the top of my head but oh okay <laughs> you improvise <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah uh oh oh like speaking of animals they in our last apartment here in atlanta over and over again when i'd be in the living room and you could see the kitchen from the living room mm. i would see this short brown-haired girl just standing by the by the refrigerator Mm. and for a long time i was like okay maybe it's just me i mean i didn't really think it was just me because i was used to this kind of stuff and at the same time i would also see her sometimes move and she'd go into the bathroom and funnily enough several times where i'd be in this in the shower i'd be like oh meredith are you in here can you pass me this and then I'd see someone leave. And then Meredith would, from the other side of the apartment, be like, are you saying something to me? And it was just a ghost that could mm. come into the shower huh. and left. But I could see them just walking back and forth in the bathroom. Right. Yeah. But the funny thing like is- Like you like, could see their silhouette through the shower curtain? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see her well enough where I knew she had brown hair and she was like not above five feet tall. Um, but my dog never experiences this kinds of things but there was a month there where i took in a dog off the street that we named turkey and every time i would see the girl in the kitchen or in the bathroom turkey would like be like just hone in on it and start like going you know what i mean so you were looking at the same thing that your dog exactly exactly. oh my well that that, not your dog turkey was looking at turkey yes turkey Turkey exactly and and shadow facts for our viewers is is the the permanent dog yeah yeah when we had teresa on who's a medium you know she described at a young age having similar experiences not necessarily in the vein of feeling attacked by spirits Mm -hmm. but but visually seeing things expressing that and people telling her like hey you're crazy what are you doing she said that she's gotten to a point where she can kind of tune them out and they don't appear unless she wants them to appear. Have you ever spoken to anybody to try to harness that energy or? Oh, I'm already able to do that. Okay. Basically, um, it's, I've had enough experience. If you start paying attention to those things, you start to notice that it's kind of like it, you go into a heightened area when you see it. I can come into an area and kind of know when I have, uh, tune it all out. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, 
uh, because you'll kind of go insane if you don't you won't yeah. literally go insane but it'll just be all the time mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but it's very interesting like sometimes i'm like oh i haven't even thought to check this place oh yeah there's definitely people you know what i mean mm -hmm. or yeah. something bad so no what do you what do you think of uh initial impressions of ghost stories uh, or, or entity stories yeah this is an interesting one it's not it's not like anyone we've we've had so far um, well there's similarities i think in in terms of like the animal thing we've heard uh about that before yeah there's similarities um, in the sense of people have viewed things i think more so from a distance yeah heard things from a distance or seen things from a distance and people so, some people being more in tune to it than yeah. other people being more closed off whereas here we have a first-hand account uh, a very descriptive i saw this this happened I see these things, these things happen. And it always, because I think people have a tendency to be skeptical when they hear stories, which I think is healthy, but it always amazes me when you sit down with somebody mm. to to listen to their stories and stuff. You can tell like, this isn't a lie. You know, now I'm not there in these situations. I don't know if they were manifested as real, fake, whatever. But I do believe you that you're telling me your truth. And that's always very impactful on me. Sometimes I think it wouldn't take a lot to convince me to join a cult you know? <laughs> um, because I tend to, I, I want to put the best in people, especially in an interview situation or just a storytelling situation. Yeah. I mean, I believe that you believe you went through that and it's scary as fuck, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, so that's, it's different. I mean, I'm, I shared this on our first episode where I had an experience where my hand went through what I thought was a ghost when I was a child and three other people in the room, we all screamed and ran out of the room and turned on the lights. That was as scary as it's ever gotten for me as far as visually seeing a ghost uh, that I can't explain at mm -hmm. all through science or whatever. But that's nothing like what you described. To me, it sounds like more like uh, what I would think of a classic demon Mm. situation and i think it's really brave of you to come on here and, and share that with everyone and i think all of our listeners will will appreciate uh the story that's been shared so yeah i yeah. i don't know right now i'm just more scared than anything um, <laughs> yeah i so we i we normally say like oh i like i want to believe in ghosts because that would be rad now I'm sort of like, hmm, maybe, <laughs> it can be scary. maybe I don't, yeah. it's not as rad as I think it would be. No. And uh, I hope we're not, it's not a messing 90s. with uh, things we shouldn't be messing with, but it's not a 90 skate park. That was right. uh, it's a house of horrors <laughs> kind of situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, mm. you know, stories, um, that things that happened to you as a child, generally for me those are like more difficult to to believe objectively just because you know i do think memories do change as we we age and our brains fill in things with certain details that might not have been there and that human perception human memory aren't always the most or reliable sources of information but you know i i believe in science because science works i turn a light switch on and the light turns on. I watch a weather report and generally it predicts the weather. And so the fact that your story has experiences where, you know, someone did a, a shamanic ritual and it, it worked, or uh, someone asked a ghost to leave and your dog stopped 
barking at it. Mm -hmm. That's another one that I'm like generally like easy to discount when an animal doesn't because like, well, we don't know what's going on in their heads. But that like that did the trick is that's such a a weird coincidence. Yeah. It's not like Um, you can tell the dog like, oh, you can stop barking now the ghost is gone. Yeah. The dog did it on its own. Yeah. And I actually, you know, with, you know, shaman stuff and I'll just preface this to say i i know very very little about shaman rituals or culture or tradition but i i was uh in uh the peace corps in ecuador and part of our training uh we went to visited a shaman and he kind of talked us through what he does and i remember just kind of thinking like mm, this kind of seems like bullshit and then i asked my uh, the person who was like our peace corps trainer like what do you think of this stuff and she was like well i never believed it until a friend of mine went to a shaman and this shaman told her that she had cancer and she didn't believe him and then months later she went to a doctor's office and the doctor said that she had cancer yeah and so you know there's like things out there that you know we don't value in western modern society yeah modern society that i think we're overlooking certain truths so yeah i don't know i'm uh yeah i'm when when something works i'm prone to believe it what is the the concoction they make i think in peru where the shamans make it and then you throw up and you get really really ayahuasca ayahuasca Ayahuasca. yeah if you do if you research uh people's experiences with ayahuasca You'll read about all kind of crazy stuff where um, one of the ones I heard not too long ago, somebody did the ayahuasca, they had their vision, and they were seeing a friend of theirs who had cancer uh, laying in bed, and they were right above them. And they went into their friend and removed the cancer out of their body. Mm. And they called their friend, and they're like, hey, I had this dream, da 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 and the friend was like, it's the weirdest thing. I went to the doctor and I don't have cancer anymore. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that cancer came back. I don't even know if that story's true. So don't, you know, people that are in, in, in bad positions don't think that's some sign of hope. I just find it interesting. You know, the more information you take in, I, I think it's always uh, better to make your own determinations for yeah. that kind of stuff. But yeah, what JJ said, it, there's a lot of old world stuff uh, that we don't value, but yet you hear people that get put in situations in modern society and they don't have anything else to turn to. And, and then they go to that. And then like the story we heard today, sometimes they're successful in helping. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's thousands of years of tradition. Um, and a lot of these like older, especially like the Aztecs and the Mayans, like that was a, a culture that was thousands of years old. And they were incredibly advanced in their understanding of math and their understanding of physics. Yeah. But they also had these spiritual beliefs that they held in equal, uh, with equal respect that right. they thought brought them as much truth as anything else that they studied. You know what I mean? In ancient civilizations, they discovered batteries made with acid. You know, they discovered like how to like sterilize wounds. They discovered all of these things that we had to go back after the dark ages and just redo. So like... It, if you think about it, like, you know, they had like a, a outdoor plumbing in certain cities in mm. uh, ancient Africa. Mm. You know what I mean? Even like systems of like cooling air and stuff like that. Mm. Like we like we tend to think of like time as this like, you know, 
uh, this kind of increasing curve, but really it's like progress, loss of progress, progress again, like credible loss of progress. Mm. Like just to think of like old traditions, like as primitive and anything at all is a little foolish, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially because I've, I've heard a lot of those stories from people first hand telling mm-hmm. me that like a medicine man helped heal them, like something that they haven't been able to get fixed in any other way. Yeah. But then you also hear a thousand stories of people thinking they're medicine men, like doing like a shamanic online thing. Sure. And it's like a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like, you know, how there's fraud in the medical industry, yeah. you know? Sprout in, in every industry. Yeah, except the ghost industry. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the ghost podcast industry. <laughs> you guys are fucked. 100% real haunting. <laughs> <laughs> so we've heard a lot tonight. Is there any last word of wisdom you'd like to leave with our listeners? It's tempted to get scared. Don't get scared. In my experience, you give your energy to things and i i mean paranormal stuff and real stuff and and i think people really have to think about their attention their love their focus and their concentration more like gifts Mm -hmm. like something tangible and physical because like it's it's cool to listen to spooky stories but at the same time you can actually be damaged by some of these things Mm -hmm. so it's also really important to remember to give yourself respect as an energetic being even if you don't believe in this stuff like you know being thoughtful about what you put your energy into like you know we are what we take in we are what we give ourselves to you know what i mean like we are what we eat exactly (laughs) we are what we eat we're gonna be broccoli or cereal killers (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if you want this or not but uh would you like our listeners to be able to contact you in any way or any kind of social media platform add me on instagram it's pretty easy it's just devon tully d-e-v-o-n-t-u-l-o-y but yeah that's a that's a great way to get in contact with me or like keep up with me, anything like that. Like I, and that's on, that's Instagram. Instagram. Right? Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Devin's one of the premier comedians in Atlanta. So <laughs> if you're here, uh, make sure you check him out yep. for sure. All right, JJ, you a believer? I'm like, I, I feel like every time we do an episode, I get more and more on the like, maybe I'm more open-minded to this than I thought I was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like this is definitely pushing me closer to that. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm so conflicted. I'm really conflicted. It's okay. I think, I think it's okay to be conflicted. All right, guys. Well, that's another episode of the Real Hauntings Podcast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. 
Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.